does that have an extra special meaning this week as registration for the world's greatest softball tournament is underway. This is episode 32. And as always, it's going to be a good one. I'm your host, Justin, and I'm joined by the triumphants of tricks, the stalwarts of spirit, Donnie, Cote, and Babe. Our executive producer, Dizzy Patterson, is here enjoying the show over his favorite crispy cold Canadian brews. Gentlemen, why don't we start it off with a question? With tonight's guests being two people who returned to play in Dom Day after a lengthy absence, who is somebody you would like to see resurrect their Dom Day career in this upcoming tournament? Babe, why don't we start with you? Oh, wow, Justin, that's a, you know, that's a long list of people I'd like to see come back. But one of the guys was Speedy Saul Batash, Vic Savel. Love to see him come back. Boy, and you know what I mean? He's probably in better shape now than he ever was, too. Gote, what about you? Who would you like to see return? I'm going to dig deep, and I think I think our two guests probably would remember this guy, but Dennis Goubert. Goobs was a Rexdale legend. Um, now the fact that the Italians haven't made the World Cup, I'm sure that he would like to resurrect <laughs> his baseball career. And there's one thing about Goobs. He couldn't get any fucking worse. He was a shit player, and the best thing he could do would be to move forward. So it would be great to see Dennis Goubert otherwise named as Goobs, come back and play Dom Day. Awesome stuff. Donnie, who would you like to see resurrect their career? Yeah, two great names there. Saul, uh, one of the all-time fastest men in Dom Day. And uh, those white legs, you know, I can still picture them. I mean, they were were beautiful. And then Goobs, my my favorite memory of Goobs is he was the infamous driver that took us home from uh, O'Toole's uh, on one of the early uh, evenings, uh, the Dom Day evenings, and we went right up and got pulled over by the Rexdale Library right there in front of the Rexdale Library. And there, there was had to be seven of us jammed in his car. <laughs> and somehow he got us he got us out clean. The guy just told us to go home. <laughs> you know, so, so but yeah, from my my perspective, uh, the first guy I thought of was Sid. All right, so I I would love to see Randy Civic back in action. I mean, you know, one of the one of the funniest guys ever, and I uh, would love to hear that dry humor again. Uh, He's a bit bigger than his original playing weight. He may be. I, I have, <laughs> he may be. It's uh, a game of inches, Cote. It's a game yeah, of inches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> several several inches. Fucking so. lo- a lot of inches. Yeah. So, who you we got? What? Well, I'll bring them out in a second. I don't normally yeah. toss out some names, guys, but yeah. I'm going to throw two names out that I'd like to see come back. And And we're closing in on getting one of these guys to come back, and that's Willie Walker. Um, that guy would be a great, great return to Dom Day. He came out drinking with us last year, so we're hoping that he he follows yep. through on, on the yep. promise he made at 2 a.m. But the other guy I'd love to see, see come out to Dom Day, he's a Dom Day legend, and I don't even think he knows what weekend Dom Day is on, and that's Ryan Annan. Ryan Annan returning to Dom Day would be fantastic. Nobody can hold up a, a spot at a bar like Ryan Annan, so it'd be fantastic to have him back as well. You know, and you can't, we can't leave this conversation without Dicker. Yes. You know, how neat oh. would it be to have Dicker back? You know, I think, I think the time frame has passed where he could win Rookie of the Year again. That's good. It's like, good. what yeah. would he have played? Three of the original ones, babe. Maybe would he have yeah, maybe played that. three and then, like, yeah. but the original ones, and then, and then he shows up every fifteen years, right? I yeah. I can still picture that torn old hockey shirt that he wore on the field. <laughs> I mean, it was like a it was a house league shirt or something. It was you remember it, babe? It was like yeah. it was like a, a white jersey <laughs> ripped to pieces. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dick. I'd love to see Dick back. Yeah. 
Him and Snoopy, they'll show up. Oh, Womp, too. That'd be another guy. Womp. Yeah. Yep. Lots Hot. of guys. Yeah. Maybe we can go to 10 teams. <laughs> no. so. Awesome stuff, guys. All right. We're going to bring out our guests. These two are the winners of combined two Dom Day championships. One of them also has an Eddie Milton Award. Add that to the fact that they have a combined 62-year hiatus from Dom Day before winning their first championship each. They returned and didn't miss a beat. Please give it up for tonight's guests, Larry Smith and Steve McNabney. Welcome, boys. Good to see Woo! you. Uh, I'm a little worried Larry's boys? Uh, frozen here. Thanks. He's out in Brockville. No, yeah. no, don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> that, that's his screensaver. No. That's his screensaver. It's, yeah. it's a dark room. There's Larry. Yeah. He's back. Can you hear me? Yeah, his, we're good. Oh, great. His, his glass is second as a fucking telescope. <laughs> I think Naber lost his glasses. Yep. He's looking at the screen there. I can't see. <laughs> My mom was right. My mom was right. Is that him there? <laughs> what did your mom say? You couldn't see shit? Or hairy palms, hairy palms. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, man. Awesome stuff, guys. So we're going to get into it as we always do. Uh, we're going to start off by introducing our guests um, and get to know them a little bit better. Why don't we start with you, McNabney? Um, tell us a bit about your first Dom Day. It was Dom Day 8. Why don't thanks. you take us back? Yeah, thanks, Justin. Yeah, Dom Day 8, 1985. I don't even know if I... I I think I was barely old enough to drink. I think not that it matters. Yep. Dom day eight, 1985, uh, played for bear. Poor guy drafted me. And, uh, I think he got some bad scouting reports. Uh, I think I went over, I went really close to over that. No. That yeah. Pretty close. Oh, for the tournament or, uh, it, you know, the, the part, the party bad. was back at Malton community center that year. Oh, oh yeah, that was yeah, a beauty. Was and back back then, they let you rifle through this the the scorebook, right? And even though I was drafted pretty low, I got I, I think I got some votes for the brick. So. You should have. <laughs> That's a feat if you get drafted really low and considered for the brick. I, I told Bear I was really high on you. I thought you were a really good player. You played yeah. baseball, McNamney. Fuck, I played baseball with you forever. Well, do you know what happened? Is I, I did the tryout thing, right? Bring, bring a case of uh, Coors Light to the tryout thing on the Saturday. And I don't know if the wind was going the right way, but I was hitting the ball out. I was really hitting really well. And sure enough, back to the to, to the big stage in front of the Raggers row, couldn't hit a beach ball. <laughs> You're not the first. No. <laughs> and won't be the last. And you'll, yeah, <laughs> and you'll be, and you'll be back again. A lot of pressure. Yeah. So, so did, you guys, be did you make the playoffs? Uh, I don't remember that year. It might, it might have been close. Uh, Bear couldn't have changed his way into the playoffs that year. Yeah, it was Bobby Brandt. Come on. So, McNamney, who brought you into the tournament? How did you end up in the in in Dom Day? Yeah, so back uh, back in the day, <clears throat> Justin, uh, when you're when you're a teenager, you know, Rexdale boy TCI, you probably either worked at Sears or Labatt's, right? So. I'm not sure if you know this uh, Dom Day alumni, but Rick Downey, I worked with Rick Downey at Sears and Chevy. So we, we spent a lot of time together, Chevy, me and Downey. And, and Downey, he'll be the first guy to tell you he couldn't he couldn't play baseball at all. He was a bad athlete, but he did actually play in Dom Day. And I guess because he was so bad, he figured I could play. So, yeah, Downey suggested I, uh, I go for the tryout and poor Bobby drafted me. 
<laughs> Wait, Chevy worked. worked. Yeah. Chevy worked. Chevy worked at Sears. Hey, I, how played, many days? Uh, how many days? Yeah. Can you? Yeah. The Chevy baseball. wasn't a bad worker, and back then we actually had a Sears team. Those guys suggested I try out. So Dom Day Eight, that was me. That's I, awesome. I, I did not know that, McNamee. Yeah. Where's well, Downey now? Where's Downey? He's on his fourth uh, wife. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Is he? Literally. Yeah. He has, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, he bounces in and out of Facebook with a different wife every time. So, <laughs> oh, he was a good guy. He's yeah, a great very guy. good guy. Yeah, great guy. yeah, great loved him. Loved him. Yeah. He just kind of vanished from Dom. Yeah. I don't know. Did he have a bad experience? Or something? Listen, we might have a three-minute episode. Actually, <laughs> this will be in the best of the cutouts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That li- it's just Cote's library. That's what it is. <laughs> All right, Cote, since you got a lot to say, why don't we start off with asking you, you and you and McNamney are, are related or what's the, what's the connection what? there? Yeah. So uh, my wife, Anne-Marie and Naber's sister, Joanne, Joanne's first husband, Greg is my, <laughs> was my brother-in-law. So Reese brother, Greg Dewar, who I don't think he ever played Dom day, but he certainly came to Lake Placid with us. So, I've known Naber for a long time and because he hung around with my brother. So we used to go up north to the, he'd be across the lake at one cottage and I'd be at the other. And we drank all sorts of alcohol and did silly things. I remember we'd race oh. to the beer store in Port Carling and oh my God. On, on two wheels, right? You'd get that yeah. Oldsmobile going and I don't think oh, yeah. you were driving legally, but it was fun. No. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I've, I've known Naber for a long time and we, we actually played, uh, in a fastball league out in Brampton for probably what, 10, 10 years, eight years, Steve. Yeah. Oh quite my a few God. Years. Yeah. We actually, we actually weren't bad. Yeah. We actually weren't wow. bad. It would never, never, uh, carried over to Dom day, but we, uh, we had a good laugh guys like Brian Stanford, Blair Barber. Um, what was uh, Chuck McAuliffe? Yeah. Um, hey Donnie, well, Donnie, I don't Chuck, know if you know Chuck that. Chuck McAuliffe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jim McAuliffe's brother? Or? No, Patty McAuliffe. Pat, Pat, oh, Pat, Pat and Patty Jim. McAuliffe. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Pat Mc... Patty yeah, lived Pat on Stanley right near Chuck. Crocho. They lived yeah. in Crocho. Yeah. 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 But Donnie, did you know a guy? He lived on your street. His name was Neil Conley. Did you know that guy? Yeah. Neil Conley. Yeah. He lived, yeah, he lived, him. He lived yeah. on the bad side. He lived yeah. on the right on the bend. He's on the walker side. No, the other side. Oh. Yeah, Neil yeah. Conley. Yeah, he played yeah. with us until he he, he uh, did some illegal shit, and we don't even know if he's alive anymore. I think he's nah. next to Jimmy Hoffa, wherever they are. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What did he do? Hey, Steve. He got yeah. He he went AWOL. Yeah. So, but uh, that's how I know Naber. Yeah. So we've known each other for a long, long time. Wow. I, I guys, believe he stole some fries at McDonald's or Ronnie McSpadgen got him. <laughs> him and Gord Taylor. Awesome yeah. stuff. Well, why don't we talk to our other guest as well? So Ooh. hang on one sec. Sorry. Yep. So were you two in the same grade? No, Nabber's no. a lot younger. How you're, long, are you how Dave, you're, Dave's, you're Dave's grade, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll be 57 this Dom day. 57. So he's six, okay. six, six years, six years. Yeah. yeah. So okay. he was in my brother's group. No gray pubes six, yet, but I'm yeah. catching up to you guys. It was he's six years older than Cote, but one grade different. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got yeah. it. Uh, Makes off. sense. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry, I, Justin. Yeah. Yeah. All good. No, there's I mean, we we gotta fill some time because we gotta edit so much already. But um <laughs> awesome starting stuff. with the soccer stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so Larry. Uh, your turn to come out. Why don't you tell us a bit about how you got into Dom Day? Uh, ditto. 
Is that a work? Ditto? No. Ditto. <laughs> sure. Uh, actually, funny because um, I was working at Labatt's back in the, uh, I guess, the 80s, right? Uh, summer job. Woody was there, and as, as was everybody else who was in rest all the time. And uh, I remember the weekend of July 1st, um, I was working the day shift, and Woody was working the afternoon shift. And I was on the line throwing empties onto the line at the uh, at Labatt's Brewery. And I remember seeing Woody running around Labatt's uh, in between shifts. And he's talking to different people. And um, I'm, they're shaking their head, no Adam right? And then he makes his way over to me. And he goes, Larry, I need a favor. And I said, what? What's going on? He goes, I need you to switch shifts with me. I go, sure. What day? Friday. I go, sorry, what? Friday, long, long weekend. weekend. You, <laughs> you want me to take the Friday afternoon shift and you take my day shift? So, uh, you know, and at that time, I'm going north, right? Five, four o'clock on Friday, hitting the 400, going north to a cottage, long weekend. And he goes, I got it. I'm in this ball tournament. I got to go. Right. It's Dom Day. It's awesome. Right. I'm going, um, fuck, no, I ain't fucking going. <laughs> I'm not switching shifts with you. I'm good. You know, I want to go north too. And I remember he took off and I'm watching him walk away. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way anybody's going to switch shifts with Woody to, uh, to, you know, take the afternoon shift and then he gets a day shift for a long weekend. And it just stuck with me. I remember thinking, what could be so cool that, uh, you know, he'd want to, that he'd be that desperate to get off work and all that. And that was kind of my first exposure to Dom Day. And then uh, I guess about a year or two later, uh, I got uh, called in to um, talk to Woody and uh, I'm not sure Ross, maybe. And they asked, said, they said, why don't you try out and play uh, ball with us Dom Day one year? And I said, sure. So uh, it was uh, my first one in 84 was uh, with uh, the Saikum Sox. And uh, I tried, I did the tryout, obviously. I probably got drafted in the last round. And um, I know I've listened to some of you guys' recordings uh, of the podcast earlier, and you said that uh, the Saikum Sox was the worst finalist ever. And uh, I, I don't know. I thought we were pretty good. I still think we're pretty good. I thought we did pretty well that year. That's, uh, I mean, we busted our asses uh, to try and get to the, uh, the final. And I know there was a big controversy in the semifinal that year as well. And, but uh, – uh, that that was a lot of fun playing in that first year with uh, with Ross and uh, and Senior and Kenny Marook, um, you know, and that team on Cyclone Sox. That was my first year in '84, and then disappeared. So just to clarify, oh, so wow. everyone knows, as yeah. he, he talks about Roscoe, but Roscoe's your first cousin, correct, Larry? Yeah, Ross. Yeah, Ross basically grew up uh, every Christmas. Ross, Todd, Rhonda. Uh, Uncle George and I were all over at our places. Uh, we'd see the whole weeks that day were you know, our closest cousins growing up in Tobacco. So yeah, they were um, uh, Ross's. Uh, yeah, my definitely my closest cousins still, and Rhonda too. Your 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 mom and Mrs. Coombs were sisters, correct? Is that right? Aunt Di, yeah, Justin's grandmother, Aunt Di, uh, was, uh, was my was my aunt, and yeah, uh, yeah they're just. Uh, Good people. I know he gets, uh, I know Roscoe gets a bit of a hazing from you guys all the time, but uh, good cousin to have, definitely. Always. And it's fun too, because I've thought about the four teams I've been on, and I've either had a coté on there with me, there you go, or a family member, uh, whether it's Justin or Ross. So it's, uh, 
it's that's one of the reasons I enjoy it, I think, so much is I'm actually on those teams with uh, coats or, or sizes. Perfect. All right. I hope all the other coaches are taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I just Don't. want to go back to that cycle. <laughs> As you mentioned, I go, how did you guys make it to the finals? Seriously. With the four guys you mentioned. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> we played over our head. Right, oh we were the uh, we were the, the sixty-seven Mets, man. I thought. Oh, did you I guys literally just play? Did you just play the one the one year, and then stepped away? Oh, I played eighty-six. Yeah, eighty-four was uh, the one and only year. Well, I was, at that time as well, I was working. Sorry, at that time as well, I was working at Kodak, and I don't I want any fucking continental shift. So I don't the next year, I'm sure uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was probably working weekends, and then. And I ended up marrying into a police family, uh, and I, every every July first weekend I'd be in Ottawa uh, at the musical ride because um, my brother in law ran it for about twenty years. So we were, that was uh, that scenario. Now, it, it, funny though, because you know, as um, I guess up six seven years ago when social media hit, and uh, uh, Dom Day started posting information on social media about the games, I really got the itch to get back into it. I was like, it's just, it was, I, I think it was one of the Wolf Girls was posting the story, the, the scores and all that. And I'm sitting there texting back, like, who's up to bat? Who's playing now? <laughs> there I am in Barrie, Ontario, trying to follow a uh, <laughs> weekend tournament on Facebook or Twitter. And I'm thinking, okay, I got to get back to this. This is too much fun. Um, and, and the 40th came back. And, uh, obviously, Woody drafted me on the, uh, the Rebels team. And uh, that was just, uh, that was, that was a lot of fun. It was great to get back uh, after 34 years back wow. to uh, Dom Day, which and I didn't even realize, 34 years flew by. Uh, it didn't feel like 34 years, but it, uh, I remember funny because when we won the championship, uh, Mike came over, Donnie came over to me and said, Larry, when's the last time you were here? And I got, had to think about it. And I said, 84. And he did the math for me. <laughs> he goes, that was 34 years ago. 35 years ago that you know that till i won my first championship half the guys uh, playing weren't fucking born i know isn't that bizarre <laughs> but the important it, guys were still there i still see lester and westy and woody and the coats and babe and kevin scavington's there you know i can always count on kevin to pull kevin to pull up uh, uh, on his harley and you know knock uh babies and dogs off the uh, the sidewalk so we can get a nice spot for his harley and steal beer from people so it's uh it's great to get, you know what it's been a blast getting back it's been so much fun so did either so did either of you guys periodically drop into the field over those three decades yeah, yeah like, i did yeah yeah and yeah, i was and, a frequent visitor yeah okay because I, I don't not so much use smitty or no i think or? i was uh down maybe once i think i brought my dog down Okay. And uh, I saw the bar girls and Mary and um, I think Westy and obviously Lester and all that, right? And, and Brent and uh, Cindy. And it just it reminded me what a lot of fun it was. So it was like, it was just great going back to Rexdale, seeing that really nobody had changed, you know, except for a little male pattern baldness and the odd, uh, <laughs> the odd gut. Lester's gut was getting bigger every year. So, uh, but no, it was, it was just great getting back there. I was just, and it's, trust me, um, I've got a family member who's got surgery coming up and I'm sitting there right now praying it's before July 1st weekend. And I'm like, please don't go into July. Don't go into July. 
and we're actually getting a pool. We're getting a pool installed at our new house this year. And I'm like telling the guy, okay, it's got to be either after the Dom Day weekend or before, but not during the Dom Day weekend. So yeah, no, it's uh, I'm committed to it now. It's just a great time to be there and to see everybody. That's awesome stuff. So, so Larry, you played one year and then McNamney, you said, you said you played two, correct? I played 85, 86. Uh, again, I think both years, the the party was at Malton community center and the, the Saturday night party was at Crouchos. That's about all I remember. Uh, and wow, I think Crouchos. I spent the next 28 years in a monastery with Eric Niskanen. <laughs> <laughs> it served you well. Dude. Yeah, it fucking worked out well. So how did how did you drift away, Naber? How did you drift away then? I that's a good question, Don. If you if you were to ask me a few years ago, I, I would just say uh, I don't know because I'm a fucking idiot, right? <laughs> Honesty is always the best policy. Yeah, and you you'd be okay with that answer. But I think I came into Dom Day at a, at a, an early age. So I was I don't know, I was 18, 19. That's a rough age. Played for Bobby Brandt. I'm on Ragger's row. Uh, and the, the, you know, I was intimidated and, you know, silly me, silly me. I actually thought there was a, a pretense about Dom day, right? A pretense about Dom day and Dom day is anything but pretense. Right. Yeah. And I don't know where I got that. Maybe I sat too close to Mike Wolf. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't edit party, that Larry got for no God's sake. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I thought there was a pretend, you know, all these guys coming up from the States. You got, you know, these guys are driving nicer cars. They're, they're three, four, five years older than me. And you're right, Donnie, I just drifted away. And uh, I the next time I saw Bobby Brandt was Dom Day 40. And I was rounding third. And he said, where the hell have you been? And I said, well, <laughs> I, I'm just not allowed within 50 feet of a schoolyard, Bobby. And he accepted that. Uh, that's good stuff we're glad to have so, you both back though that's the important thing glad to be back so so what brought you back uh, me i yeah. think uh yeah i think it was dave Coates from norway just said oh, yeah. hey dickhead why don't you play dawn day this year so dave Coates got me back in just just from sending me a, a note say hey why don't you play dick why don't you try and so i'm back which, and I've been, which, which one was that Ever? 37 i came back for yeah. 37 okay because yeah. dave came in from norway to play that one uh right yeah, and maybe sonder too yeah yeah uh, yeah the norway connection yeah the first six foot eight guy yeah <laughs> manute bull right yeah <laughs> you know donnie tell him a new bull story when he came into the uh into the bar yeah, yeah. did i ever talk i don't know if you guys ever heard that story but you know what he, he played for the wizards uh or maybe it was the bullets back then i think it was yeah. the bullets before they changed the wizards and so we're we have an o'toole's in laurel maryland and we're in there and it's right in the first opening weeks or whatever and this guy comes into the end of the bar and remember o'toole's had the beams up above or whatever? Yeah. and the guy comes in and and i happen to be at the front door i checked checked his id right and <laughs> and i said okay go on and then he goes in and goes under the beam up to the next one walks down under the beam <laughs> <laughs> Manu bowls in our bar drinking. It was, it was awesome. him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's great. He was like what seven four or whatever. Oh, yeah. he, he was, was huge. Huge. Yeah. 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 So 
<laughs> All right, let's get it back on track, guys. Oh. So let's go back to to growing up, um, growing back up in in Rexdale, and and I know we, you know, the Dom Day community. We learned of the passing uh, recently of uh, Mrs. Brunell. Um, so why don't I kick it over to Larry because he has a a memory um, in in regards to the Brunell family. Yeah. So just uh, last week, obviously, Ron lost his uh, Lester. Uh, lost his uh, mom, Mrs. Brennell. She was in her hundredth year, and um, she was our neighbor growing up on Chuckin and Drive. There was our house, the Smith House. Then it was the Lawrence House with Brian Kent and Alan Lawrence, and then beside that was uh, Ron's house uh, with Ron Wayne, Barb Ken, and I think Pete was the oldest uh, boy there. But um, I mean, our three houses were pretty much connected. We played. British Bulldog on the front lawns, murder ball. Um, we, when the can, when the, uh, the can open was on with golf, we'd be all out front hitting golf balls across the street into the, uh, on the neighbor's lawns. And, you know, it, it, we were together the entire time in the sixties and the seventies with those, our three houses. Mrs. Brownell was always uh, great. She was just, uh, she loved having us around. She was a great parent. Um, and it's sad to lose her. Uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's uh, and that whole strip now, I guess, with my parents passing in the last few years, and uh, I know the Lawrence has just passed as well. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad that uh, that year is over around, uh, <laughs> with respect to Chuck and Drive. It anyway, so just great person and just a quick story as well. Uh, back in Firecracker Day, uh, Victoria Day in 1970, I guess it was. Um, Ronnie and I <laughs> were on his front lawn uh, uh, lighting sparklers. And we soon discovered that if you bent the sparkler just at a 90 degree, lit it and flicked it, it took off. And we were lighting them on Ronnie's front uh, yard, uh, on the front of the lawn. And I grabbed one, lit it, flung it in the air. It landed on Ron's roof, the roof of his house, rolled down and landed in a cedar tree that went poof, instantly in flames. <laughs> the whole, the whole, I mean, I guess I'm like 10 years old, right? I'm like, oh shit, this <laughs> house on fire. And like Ron are just sitting, Ron are just standing there. Ron's maybe 12 or 13, he's a couple years old to me. And uh, I remember the neighbor came over quickly. Everybody was running to the, our house, or Ron's house rather. I quietly snuck away, <laughs> went home. The fire trucks came, put the fire out, and I am under my bed at, the, at our house uh, on Checkman Drive. And my brother Mike had gone over to, to see what the commotion was. And I, I remember I'm still under my bed, and Mike comes into the house, and I can hear it from the bedroom, right? And my dad goes, what happened? Uh, Brunel's house was on fire, Mike says. And, uh, oh, how'd that happen? Larry started. <laughs> so, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> uh, 10 years old, whatever, and I'm starting fires. And uh, the great news is Mrs. Burnell forgave me for that. So it was, uh, it was kind of a neat story. Um, I still think it was Ron's uh, sparkler. Being with me, but I, I was younger than him. I was going to get beaten up on that one. No, it's uh, just, you know, just great. But yeah, I got, like all you guys, I mean, we've all had great, Rex still had great parents growing up. But they put up with so much shit from us when you think about it. So uh, yeah, just Ronnie had uh, great parents as well. I actually, you know what, Colin, it's funny because we British Bulldog, like I was the youngest of seven. 
And I was pretty much the youngest one who played British Bulldog. And it occurred to me at the end, you know, after a couple of years of playing that, the whole premise of British Bulldog was to wait, to let the smallest guy get through <laughs> every time until the very end when they tackled me and everybody piled on. And I had, I still have trauma <laughs> of, you know, being a 10 or 12 year old kid where there's like 15 people jumping on a pile and you're just underneath there screaming to get the hell out of like, But uh, no, you can't do that now, mind you. You can't no. pile on it, Marco. <laughs> also for the millennials, babe, that may be the first time that we've, we've heard checking in. Yes. Uh, yeah. On the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a drinking spot there. Yeah, yeah. So just so you know, how did too, you get to check in, um, Larry? Tell us how you get to check so, in from TCI. What's uh, you just so you went across the football field down Riverhead uh, towards the Humber. If you turned right, you could go down the Humber and drink a six pack. If you turned left, you'd go uh, about three houses down, three streets down rather. It was checking and drive, and you'd go up to ours, our house. Um, just up by uh, Watercliff um, and Henley, rather. So, and I like checking and drive, Ludgate, uh, Riverhead, uh, Watercliff. Here's why I like them, guys. This is important. Um, they are linear streets. They 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 have they cross each other at ninety degrees. I've gone into Barhead, Clearbrook Circle, Moncrief. Uh, yeah, I've heard you guys talk about these streets, these circular streets that I get lost. Like, it's just, I don't know how you guys grew up in that area. That's like, why we, our streets. that's why we put you guys on those straight streets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're a lot easier to understand. <laughs> Ours I, were trust me. more difficult. Yeah. And they so. are. I still can't find Case Field. I turn it the wrong street every time. I'm like, oh, it's just, what? no, it's not. I don't know. How about I you, Nabber? Nabber, where'd you grow up? I'm I'm right in the same area, right behind TCI, not too far from the the Coates compound. Uh, so I, I'm wedged between the Coates's and Larry. So there's you had Barford and Riverhead ran parallel along yep. the Humber River, and so I grew up on Barford, two doors down from Blair Barber. Uh, just just good folks up in that area. Uh, further along Barford, you got uh, you got Carol uh, Pete Delmazzi's wife lived up there. Uh, you got Eddie Blacharski's up there. Joey, El Joey Albert, Joey yeah, Albert, Eddie right? B's up there. Uh, not so good family. The Bartholomews are up there. Uh, the, the bar sisters, uh, just good people. And a lot of Dom day connections. Paul Fagan was, a, he's a regular guest at Dom day. A lot of good people between TCI and, you know, and at the very tip is, uh, the wolf compound up on uh, Luckgate. That's awesome stuff. So classic, uh, actually, uh, vintage WTTCDA country yeah. oh, right in there. That's a beautiful area. Yeah. Beautiful all, area. all of the best ambushes took place in there because there was <laughs> as linear as they were, Smitty. It, it was fairly predictable where the guys were going to go. So once they got in there, they were toast, right? And <laughs> I remember, remember when the meteor blew up there, babe? One yeah. Night, yeah. Night, <laughs> I had to leave it there. <laughs> Anyhow, I digress. The Green Beret. I do wonder who they named Checking and Drive after. Like, <laughs> I, I swear the guy said, okay, there's one street left. The guy said, check and done and went home. It was a Friday night. <laughs> like, uh, I'm sitting there going, what the, who would name a street Checkenden? 
Hey, babe, is there a, is there a Checkenden, a, a town in Alberta named Checkenden? No, not that we know of, Cote. Right, because everything of. else was, everything else in, was Alberta town. And after the West. Yep. Yeah. Justin, we're losing listeners. Move on. <laughs> well, the next story, Cote, you said that uh, McNamney had a, a special talent on his, on his bike. Uh, why don't yeah, you tell he, us a bit he, about he was he was unbelievable. I, I no one you ask anybody that lived in the Barford Riverhead uh, Barwell area, McNamney could ride a ten speed on the back wheel for fucking two miles. He was unbelievable. You just what did you just do that? Did you? I don't know how you learned to do that, Steve. But you were unbelievable, and probably yeah. still could do it pretty good to this day. Yeah, definitely with no helmet. That's for sure. There you uh, go. Yeah. There was a guy up uh, in that neighborhood. I don't know if you guys know him. His name was Steve Hayakawa. He was he was the the, the wheelie champion too. And yeah, I, I could hang a wheelie from uh, Barwell to Katrine on Barford. Just go for miles and is maybe because I only got one testicle. I don't know. Maybe they're related. Uh, I know. I know. I was doing it on Kipling once on the way to Heatherbury, and my front wheel came off, and I and I literally landed on Kipling, and a bus went by, and I was almost you know toast. Short, smaller than you are. A lot smaller. Yeah. No. So never was impressive Nabber. that way. So never you can ride a a bike on one wheel, but you couldn't hit a baseball. Yeah, <laughs> softball. Yeah. Okay, yeah. just yeah. getting that straight. As long as you got it straight. Yeah. yeah. Awesome stuff. And then, and then, McNabby, you were also a part of the. We've talked a little bit about the whole fraternity stuff growing up in, in Rexdale. You were a part of the fraternity. Yeah, it's, I think it's been mentioned on a couple uh, episodes. Uh, here I am. Uh, you know, a good part of my life, I've been surrounded by older guys, older people, right? And it all started in grade ten when I was asked to join a fraternity right delta omega pi and tci and there was only another fraternity i can't remember the name doesn't matter and yeah i'm surrounded by these old guys you know there's there's some dom dares in the frat there's uh tuesday woodsy larry his brother the lawrence's uh a lot of good guys from the babe, frat were you in there babe yeah i was in there yeah, 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 that's babe. Over there. and babe another hockey player craig uh ramsey remember him yeah craig ramsey yeah, absolutely way back when so a lot of good frat boys and I've been blessed just growing up with older guys uh, my whole life and playing playing fastball with Paul and Blair Barber and Brian Stanford and Neil Conley and all those. Other, you know, they've helped me shape who I am today. Well, that explains oh a lot then. Yeah, man. Oh, my God. It's all coming together now. Yeah. God. Fucking receding hairline, too. Oh, oh yeah. With one eye. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jealous prick. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome stuff. And then, and, and Larry, you were, um, you were a hockey player growing up. You said you played uh, Knights of Columbus hockey. Tell us a bit about kind of growing up playing hockey in Rexdale. Well, like everybody knows here, it was all hockey, 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 hockey. in uh, Rexdale until, until growing up. So our first, my first exposure was um, Knights of Columbus league. I don't know if Donnie played in or not, yep. but yep. yeah, St. Benedict's had a, Benedict's. Team, a junior and senior team. And funny because I reached out to my brother Greg today just because uh, I was trying to remember everybody um, on St. Benedict's. And I guess, were you there when Mr. Hahn was the coach? Yes. Uh, yep. Johnny? Yep. Yeah. I was, and yeah. Joey, uh, Joey Sanudo and Patty Savickas and that, like those teams, the St. Kevin Benedict's Kennery. Teams, Kevin Kennery. Kennery yeah. yeah. Was that, were they we, called you the guys inmates? Won, you, you, were they called the inmates that? back then or just I forget what inmates? Yeah. St. <laughs> Ben's Ben. St. Ben's Ben. Yeah. We, I think St. Ben's pretty much won all the time. 
Like I yeah. think we had the best team. Larry Goodenough even played on it mm. as well. Yeah, with St. Benedict's. Uh, <laughs> I babes like excited about this. Anyways, it was fun because that was our Sunday ritual: was to go to Western Arena. Uh, the junior boys would play the first games, and St. Benedict's would beat Our Lady of Victory, Transfiguration, St. Andrews, St. Stephen's, all these Catholic schools, and then the senior uh, boys would go on and beat the shit out of everybody else. Uh, it, I mean, we all go to church on Sunday morning. Yeah. And Sunday night would be at Western Arena beating the crap out of each other. That's uh, that was our upbringing growing up. It was just a blast. It's, that was how we. Uh, that was how you jump. You know, you knew everybody through hockey and the level of hockey they play. Right, like as your other your house league. Oh, your house league. Oh, sorry for you. Uh, <laughs> we played MTHL or EHA. Right, that was that's how you measured guys growing up in Etobicoke. That's pretty much it. And if you played lacrosse. You know, there was obviously a special category for those guys as well, because, uh, you know, they were uh, they actually the cross guys were pretty good. I found they were better at hockey than most other guys as well. So, no, but for me growing up, it was uh, Knights of Columbus went on Sunday nights and the uh, Tobacco Hockey Association uh, playing all over Tobacco in Toronto and uh, uh, with St. Benedict's and just do it just made a lot of great friends growing up playing hockey. Awesome. Did, you play, did, did you play for Neha then? Right? Did you play uh, for my so you or were they the Canucks then? Uh, oh, that's right. I remember that name. Yeah, that's right. Um Neha had the great red right. and gold jerseys. Remember the with the they had the hawk on the front. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and it then, was Neha before it was EHA, oh, right? yes, yeah. and then yeah. and then in 69 when the Canucks and the Sabres came on board, they took uh actually they took the original. Vancouver logo. Remember the yeah. lumberjack, yeah. the lumberjack, yeah. and then the EHA. Yeah. I think it was wouldn't let them use it, so they switched yeah. to the the uh, hockey stick thing, mm-hmm. and then they were the Tobacco Canucks from there from then on. But uh, was that Mr. McIntyre? Which one was he? No, that was, was he, uh, he started up uh, the Rexdale Ramparts. Yeah, okay, uh, up at Westwood. Remember, but he yep. was a Tobacco before that. Then there was there's, so I guess it was round. Uh, I'm thinking like 74, 75, the ramparts started up. Right. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a big uh, split between uh, Neha and the ramparts. Yeah. And, uh, I, but, but some, pl- I, I some, remember. Play- some of the players that came through Neha were amazing too. You know, like uh, I think Larry Goodenough played there. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary Carr, Rook you know, probably uh, did, right. Huh? Yeah. The Rooks. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was a big feeder back then, you know, and then uh, when my age group came along, kind of slowed down. And, uh, <laughs> not, not, much, not much happened after that. But, Dick, uh, that's when it went, that's when it went back to fucking double E. <laughs> Dick, Dick, Dick Delmer in the locker room with his, yeah. with his legs crossed. Yeah. <laughs> reading a reading a novel. Yeah. With his, and in, I, just, inside, I do want to say one a, thing. You guys talked about Patty Savickas, and I love Patty Savickas. You know, a Chevy, I guess, is what you guys call him. Anyway, I used to, because they were, I used to watch the older St. Benny's boys play. It was Sanudo, Savickas, Nazar, uh, Tim Hahn, all these guys, oh, right? Just God. great hockey players. And uh, Patty, like, I even was talking to my brother Greg today. He goes, you know, Patty was just an incredible hockey player. Um, just and it was great to see him at the um, Patty at the Resto Winter Classic and uh, and talking to him uh, again and seeing his son uh, 
Uh, well, I didn't realize he had it something else with Simon Birch, whatever it was, uh, play against him this uh, last week. That was fun. Uh, but no, it was, it's funny because there's so many guys. And he, know, still they, he still looks the same. He still looks the same. That's the thing. <laughs> exactly. exactly. A- aging in reverse, right? Man yeah. who changed the most award. <laughs> yeah. Actually, he's the guy. Now I'll do my shot. I know you said you'd like to see back and Dom Day. I don't have a vote on this, but boy, it'd be great to see Chevy play again. I just, uh, yeah, uh, let her respect that guy. He might get chirped. But you know what? I mean, Chevy, we talked about in another episode, was one of the greatest Rexdell athletes. And another guy, Eddie Blacharski, was a great yeah. athlete. It still is a great athlete, yeah. right? Well, but he's one of those guys. He just keeps going. And the hand-eye coordination, unbelievable. Well, it's, you know, that's the funny thing. Even Ron McSpagin, like, these are guys who are six and seven years older than me growing up. But I'd hear about them, you know, great lacrosse player, great uh, – uh, hockey player and it was we had our own little universe there of, of uh, uh, you know who was good at certain levels of hockey and we knew who they were and, and you, if you had, sometimes you got the jacket as well right so you knew who they were as well because you had the special team jacket so no growing up in Rexdale I tell you it was uh, I don't know what it's like now but boy it was a lot of fun actually it's funny because now in the town I lived in Brockville out here it's common it's like I was telling Babe earlier it's it's like I'm 16 again because everybody's playing hockey all the time we're all in their 60s mind you but all we do is play hockey, drink beer, and uh, watch the prices right. It's pretty much our, you know, our, our life right now. It's like we're back in Rex still in the 1960s or 70s, rather. So life hasn't changed much. Comes that's full good. circle. That's awesome stuff. And then, McNabdy, why don't you take us back to another Rexdale memory? Um, you were talking a bit about Hell Night. Why don't you tell us what Hell Night is? Well, Justin, I never expected to get the call from you. You know, we're in an episode 32 now, right? So I never expected yeah. to get the call. I, I guess you couldn't get a hold of Doc. Uh, no, he's busy. He's been busy okay. the last couple of weeks. So, or Bobby. Or Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am at episode 32, and, and I'm on with the great A. Lawrence Smith. So <laughs> I, I had to think, do I, have an, do I have anything? Do I have a story with Larry? Can I relate to anything? So I relate way back. Larry, Larry this is 40 years ago, 41 years ago. And, and only 40. Back, yeah, getting back to the fraternity thing. So here I am in grade 10 pledging for fraternity, right? And I'm just a little shit. I'm just a little big mouth, right? I don't know if you noticed. And uh, so you do, you do the fraternity, you do the pledging, right? And at the end of pledging, there's hell night, right? Hell night's when you get tarred and feathered and, and driven out into the boonies and they let you find your way home, right? <laughs> and uh, so before you get tarred and feathered, uh, Hell Night was at Larry Smith's parents' house. I don't know if you remember Larry, but so Hell Night was at Larry Smith's house, right? And there's a few, there's a few uh, events before you get tarred and feathered. So one of the first events is... Uh... Unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, we lose Steve here. But he goes on to tell a great story about Larry and the older guys in the frat teaching the younger guys how to decorate candy apples. So, Steve, you were remember we were sworn to never talk about Hell Night. Isn't that right, babe? Yeah, yeah, you were. That was part of the initiation. I go over it now. It was the first thing. Sorry, I was (laughs) drinking at the time. God, this thing is getting worse. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna gonna have everything, Johnny. Everything. Why don't we start over? Start over. <laughs> oh, God. oh my gosh! Wait till Evan goes to Framingham. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Warn him. 
I hope nobody in Rexdale gets a hold of this. There'll be signs all over Smitty's <laughs> old, old house. Uh, uh, okay, so let's try another. Let's yeah. try another story. What about the uh, <laughs> the Ringway Five Hundred incident? Incident. Oh, I can't wait for this. <laughs> this will be edited for sure. But here we go. Uh, Cote, you might remember this. Caramel. Cote, yeah. this is a long time ago. But once I uh, tell you, you might remember. Uh, Westy, you guys had Westy on a couple episodes ago, and uh, we all know where Westy lived, and the Ringway 500 was mentioned, but there wasn't a lot of chatter about it, and uh, I was hoping I wasn't mentioned, but uh, so <laughs> going back to my Sears days and alumni Rick Downey, so uh, we're at Sears, working at Sears, and it's a Friday afternoon, and someone had the bright idea, let, let's go to the, the Royal Legion. And the you guys know where the Legion is, is down by Tandridge, right on Ixworth. On Irwin or oh, Irwin, Irwin, you're right. Yeah, so, Irwin, yeah. So you've been there a hundred times. You should know. Kicked out of there for life too. So here we are, Sears. Let's go for a Friday lunch. You got a half hour lunch, right? So you got to drive to Irwin and back, and maybe have a couple of beers, right? In, in the interim, so. Downey had this really nice Z28, Camaro Z28, and I, and I had an automatic 77 Firebird. So the automatic part will come in later. So we're heading back to Sears. We're going through the back streets, and we're kind of racing. We're kind of ducking and diving between each other. And Downey's got the nicer, faster car, right? And uh, I don't know what happened, but somewhere between Norfield and Westy's house, 77 Firebird started whispering in my ear. Uh, you can take them. You can take them. And I think it's a three-way stop in front of Wesley's house right now, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I took it upon myself in my Firebird to pass Downey around the corner on Ringway by, by Wesley's house, right? So I, I gun it. And the next thing you know, I skipped over the, the curb, I skipped over the boulevard, and I ended up on Westy's front lawn. And my car's jammed, I can't start my car. I, I screwed up the tranny. And Mrs. West comes running out, right? She already had the phone in her hand. Uh, just, she's livid, she, she's freaking. I'm on her front lawn. I can't start my car, I can't get into gear. And she's already called the cops. So I, I finally deduced that I had to start my car in reverse and throw it in a neutral real quick. So I had an automatic training. So I, I started my car, got it off, sat on ringway. You know, Mrs. West called the cops. I'm sitting there. I'm dead, right? And I look over at Downey in his, his flashy car, and he's just pissing himself laughing like he's no help. So here I am, right? I'm dead in the water. I'm a teenager. I'm in a sports car. I got, I got beer on my breath. And there must have been a Tim Hortons nearby because one cop came right away. Two cops came right away. The third cop comes right away. And it's the supervisor cop. And I'm dead. I'm dead in the water. So I guess they, they had their little huddle. I don't know if they interviewed Mrs. West or Downey. So the supervisor cop comes over to me and he says, what happened, kid? And I just said, yeah, I blew my tranny going around the corner. And he looks at me and he goes, nah. Off you go. <laughs> so here I am, dead in the water. Uh, and all I'm thinking the whole time, right? I got cops. I got neighbors. I got Mrs. West. 
everybody's looking at me and all I'm thinking the whole time is please God, don't let Westy be home. I don't want Westy to be home and see me in this predicament. And so I, I, I got out, right. I escaped death and I figured nobody's going to know. And, and, uh, I had a ball practice on Sunday at Heather Bray and Cote Cote pulls up like eight 30 in the morning in his Monza. And he looks at me and he goes, what? the fuck were you thinking <laughs> <laughs> so don't drink and drive kids there you go another it's lesson awesome. yeah exactly good for you by the way never oh that's awesome stuff <laughs> Great one. so so we'll get back to the baseball um <laughs> Uh, after that, the, the, why? The why, Justin? I, if if you guys don't have anything else, anything I think else, I think we've covered nothing the legal already. Well, yeah. Not much I, in baseball. Nabber, I thought you were going to go, and the cop was Earl <clears throat> Finley, and he said, "Just go." Oh, Lord, awesome stuff. So we talked a bit about the the beginning um, about your return return to Dom Day. Um, McNamney, you came back uh, after twenty eight years in in Dom Day. Um, uh, Dumb Day 37 after 20, uh, 28 years, you had a bit of an interesting feat. I don't know if it's been coupled, but you you mentioned that there was a big gap between home runs. Why don't you tell us a bit about yeah, that for us? Yeah, I don't know. This It's got to be some some kind of Dom Day record, but hard to prove. Uh, yeah, so going way back to 1985, my rookie year playing for, for the Bear, and uh, Eddie Plecharski was on our team, right? And Eddie, Eddie hit home runs like they were nothing. He every at bat, Eddie hit a home run, and he would just sit down. He never sweat. You know, Eddie had a beautiful no effort, right? He just hit a home run every at bat. And so Eddie, Eddie gave me. I know I almost went over, but Eddie gave me a couple pointers, and sure enough, I hit the next one over the fence. 1985, and like I said, the next home run I hit over the fence was 2019. 34 years later that's got to yeah, be a record i would think so <laughs> is there anybody that can remember any of those home runs like a, <laughs> verify it? just me yeah i <laughs> i think mcnabney just hit a ball while we were setting the fence up yeah. about 20 feet was, away and he said it was, was a fucking home run i was gonna say i must have been deep in the cooler at that point because i missed them <laughs> <laughs> and and mcnabney so besides the on-field stuff as well you return to dom day and you become a big part of helping us with with the diamond side grill like what what uh what made you want to jump up and and be a part of that obviously for for those who don't know we kind of announced that the diamond side grill was you know on its last legs a few years ago and, and mcnabney stepped up and he's you know the guy who behind the scenes gets the barbecue gets everything going for us like what you know going from not being here for you know, however long you were here and back into it and pitching in, like what, what went through your mind on that? Yeah. I remember Justin, you, you kind of sent out that SOS email a few years ago. Uh, you know, uh, Dewey's hanging up his spatula. He's going to go study to be a lawyer uh, freak. And, uh, and I don't think you guys knew where the barbecue was the barrel. I think it disappeared or got destroyed. And I, you know, you, you said there's going to be no diamond side. I quickly went on to Kijiji and I found a guy who rented barbecues and I thought, oh shit, I can do this. Any, I can, I can serve up a, you know, a sweat burger as good as anybody else or salmonella burger. And, uh, 
And it just, it just morphed from there. You know, my wife's way more organized than I am. And, and the way you do it now, Justin, it's, uh, it's more by committee, right? And Franny helps and Lisa helps. And uh, I, me- I remember last, the last Dom Day that we had, uh, Pete Del Mazzi, we're setting up like eight in the morning, setting the barbecue up and Pete Del Mazzi's tent's right there. And Delamer comes over to us and he says, listen, guy, he's really serious and genuine and God love him. He's really, you know, and he's like, guys, if no one's, if no one said thank you to you yet, I just want to say thank you. And I'm looking at Pete, I'm going, Pete, seriously, the sun's going to be shining in two hours. I'm going to have a beer in my hand and I'm going to be flipping burgers with Tex and Babe Patterson. It's not exactly work. So. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he came over and said, hey, do you guys mind setting up my tent for me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. he, he didn't want the uh, the yeah. smoke to go under the tent. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome stuff. We're glad to have you back, Naber. Um, and then, Larry, you talked a bit about your, your coming back in, in Dom Day 40. Um, you had a funny story about the playing game as a part of the, the Rebels, one of your favorite memories. Not a, not a very memorable year for the Rebels, but what, what stuck out the most for you about that plan? Oh, it was, uh, so pulled my groin first game, first play, uh, 40th anniversary when I came back. So the whole weekend, fun, don't get me wrong, a lot of fun playing with the pulled groin. Uh, we made it to nowhere with the Rebels, uh, except for the play-in game on Sunday morning. Scheduled for, I think it was 8 a.m. Sunday morning to uh, do the, uh, everybody gets a, a chance to hit. And I think you had, uh, at the end of the 10 and out whatever it was you were uh, you either in or out and uh all i remember is it's uh everyone's pretty hungover it's sunday morning we go up to bat and um the first guy gets up and he's out in two pitches and then you hear this voice to the left on the third baseline one down nine to go and it's donnie <laughs> and it's like the voice of God is telling you, you will not be successful today. <laughs> so it's, the next guy gets up, sure enough, two pitches, we're out. And then there's that voice, two down, eight to go. And it's the whole place is quiet. And it should be anyways, because we're all over. And it's, I get up around the fourth or fifth time. And I'm just dreading it. And I'm going, I got to get a hit. I got to get a hit. And I can't freaking let Donnie freaking say, four down, six to go. <laughs> and I freaking, sure enough, whiff on the first one. And I'm like, and he's sitting there. I can hear him just getting ready. <laughs> so second pitch, I nail it. Foul. <laughs> so next time, four down, six to go. <laughs> I think the only guy I got to hit that day was out of the 10 of us. Uh, was uh, Mike Woods, and it, it was I, I that sticks with me because it was it was like it's a haunting voice in the background reminding you how bad you are <laughs> at baseball. And it was just, I'm like I can still hear it. I never want to go to a play-in game again. <laughs> it is five, it is five batters left, no runs. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like that was who you scored. I'm like going, oh man, yeah, well, you, was- you, you're. I pray, for, I pray for those games. I love those freaking games. <laughs> well, I was going to say, because last year, last Dom Day, we had no play-in games. Um, it just the way, you know, everything worked out. We had four clear playoff teams, and then 
three teams that were clearly weren't. But I remember after the plans and people were like, where, where are the playing games? Where are the playing games? Why aren't the playing games happening? And it was like a noticeable part of Dom Day um, that was, was missing. And it is funny, though, because I think absolutely one of the things that always scares the crap out of me when you're you're playing in the playing games is hearing Donnie on the microphone counting down the the score um so so Donnie why don't you tell us a bit about that like how did that end up you know you becoming involved with that besides just naturally getting into to random shit well I I don't know like and babe you might have a little bit of recollection but we when it started it was it was wasn't planned I think it was just something that happened. There was a tie all of a sudden, right? Like yeah, we we yeah. had a, a year of a tie, and then we did a coin toss, right? And it just wasn't the best solution for the the tournament. And but Pete won and Bear won, so then it was good. The and so then, then we yeah then yeah. Wait a minute, so, there was a coin toss. Yeah, somebody's got a. We haven't covered this. What you Pete, haven't what covered happened? that. Holy yeah. fuck. Yeah. Hotel got screwed again. After <laughs> okay, that checks oh, out. That checks out. Yeah, and then we got nailed. Anyways, Pete won, Bear won, so everything was good. Everything was good amongst uh, all the upper echelon of Dom Day, of the gods, so we could continue the tournament. But there was enough complaining amongst the fans, not myself, but perhaps my family and other people. But that that probably wasn't the best way to settle things. So we decided on the one inning games, and or you know, and everybody would hit through. And I think that was uh, probably the best solution for the situation because we seem to have you know a lot of ties after that. But you know, yeah. I I didn't I didn't look at the coin myself, and I should have <laughs> you know, and that's what I said. I didn't realize you know Bob Brandt's head was on both sides, and I didn't realize <laughs> Pete Del Mazzi's ass was on both sides. So, <laughs> but then so Pete drafted up this rule about you know we'll do the one inning games, and sure enough, the next year was the same thing right and then i don't know what happened but somehow i ended up with a megaphone and uh it just you know and everybody was fired up because you know you had a these guys had a chance all of a sudden to make it onto the playoffs and it was just one once through the order and i think it was just the first game just started counting it down you know nine batters left zero runs scored you know <laughs> and then down and down and down and then the other you need a you should have a therapist on the sideline there. It's, <laughs> I didn't it's realize. Hard. I didn't realize it was going to a mental oh. health issue. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as it started, I'm like, going, "Oh God, when am I up? I got it. Can't do this." And that was four years ago, and I'm still living it. <laughs> it is funny though, because those one inning games definitely do have some some magic in them, but some hilarity. Um, as well, no when magic. I, there's no magic. <laughs> well, there is. I mean, there's there's always a winner at the end of the day, too. But oh, sure, I, there is. I remember the one year that one year that I was in the in the plans, and and we ended up having to do like it was one of those years where you ended up planning like three or four of them, <clears throat> like and everybody like it just kept ending. I think we had a plan and it ended in a tie. So we had to do another plan, and it was literally by the end of it because I think there were four teams in the plans that we ended up playing everybody. And, and like, it was like, you know, fans are crawling all over the place, but we had, um, we had a nine person team that year and everybody else had 10 because um, somebody dropped out or whatever before. And, and Brent Ellis um, had to bat twice because he was the guy who was drafted in the sixth round. And this was my first year at the snappers. And he was, 
him, Pete and Nye were the only guys over 40 on the team and he had to bat twice. And it, we had like six or seven plans by the time we kept having these ties. And by the end of this, the guy is just absolutely wiped. He's like, comes over. He's like, what the fuck? Like he, he probably for him, it was batting practice. He was up there at least, you know, 10 times by the end of those one inning, but there there's always some good magic in, in those one inning games. And, and that, that the voice of to, to Larry's point, the voice of God counting down your fate is definitely an intimidating piece of, of those one inning games. So uh, another you know, thing is, okay. Yeah. So I'm sure there's like been a hundred people have been through it. Try and find one guy who enjoyed it, having Donnie come to mouth. <laughs> yeah, it, it really affects Donnie. He gets emotional when he hears comments like that. He couldn't give a flying fuck. <laughs> Can't wait to get the mic again. Yeah. I wonder how I ended up with the megaphone. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Somebody shoved it in my hand. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it fell out of Cote's mouth. That's what happened. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so, and then Larry as well just another story uh, when you returned to Dom Day but you said one of the the things that you were happy about was having the opportunity to connect with with Barry Woodward um, when you returned to Dom Day yeah and, and again it's uh, Barry passed a few years ago and uh, you know it's it, it's um, it's a tough one sometimes because he was uh, I knew him obviously in high school and just he was a great athlete like he was uh, great at sports he was our goaltender uh, when we played uh, at uh, Westwood and Double Rinks. And we won some championship, championships with him. And um, a funny story, kind of funny, I guess, but uh, one year he was playing net for us in, uh, uh, I think we were playing at Westwood. And before every game, his ritual was to get high and play a great game, right? That's, this is before it's legal, obviously. I apologize. Okay. You can have a disclaimer on that one too, Justin, I guess. But anyways. <laughs> Somewhere halfway through the season, Barry gave up weed and his goaltending suffered like dramatically. He started letting in pucks left, right, and center. So, as uh, I was running the team that year, and I had to go to him and ask him to start smoking again before every game. <laughs> so it's like, I may be part of, of his downfall. <laughs> I have to say, Barry, we got to win some games. Do you mind, you know, getting high before each one? But, <laughs> Anyways, he was he was a great goalie, great baseball player. Uh, he had a different way of thinking of things, mind you. And if you'd hate to be in an argument with him because there was, yeah, he wouldn't listen. Um, and when I did see him, I, I mean, I came back uh, to the 40th night. And the year before the 40th thing, I think I came back as well. And uh, it was clear he was having some health issues. So it was it was kind of sad, but I was glad I got to see him. And, uh, you know, I wish him, it's, uh, it's sad to have him gone. He was... He was a fraternity brother as well, and just he was, um, he could be a pain in the ass, right, as we all can be, but he was a good guy too. Awesome yeah. stuff. Good call. That's, that's how I am sincere to people. You're a pain in the ass, but you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, it's stuff. interesting, Larry. You know, I ran into Trish McCormick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah who Barry you know, oh, yeah. out with for a bit. I ran into her a couple of days ago in Calgary. Oh, wow. And she, you know, she was like, well, you know, I don't know if you heard, but Barry passed away. I said, yes, I didn't know. But it was, you know, interesting because he was a great athlete and great guy. And yeah, it's unfortunate what happened. Yeah, no. And his parents were awesome. I used to sit and talk to, because Barry could be a pain in the ass. And I'd be drinking in the, beer, in the basement with Barry and I'd get tired of this bullshit and go upstairs and sit with his dad and drink beer. 
he was enjoyable, right? So you can't blame it on Barry's parents, that's for sure. Barry's the only guy I know that worked till 4 p.m. every day and was home by noon. <laughs> well, there might have been a few of them. Yeah. I'm a dink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god i can think about posty stories i used to wonder how did he keep the job but the job. that's awesome stuff so guys we're going to get into the last topic and and you know for for everybody we talked about the the big gap between when you guys played and coming back and and finally winning a championship all those years later um mcnabney you talked about this being one of the highlights of your your dom day career why don't you tell us a bit about that that year when you won your first championship? Sorry, Justin, it's not one of the highlights. It's my only highlight. <laughs> uh, are you? Are you can I interrupt first? So while while Naber's going to describe that, Steve, maybe for some of the the listeners, just explain a bit about. It. Obviously, the, during your time away, you did have some health issues, and uh, and and some of the Domday community definitely reached out during that period of time, and probably a lot of people don't know what you kind of went through. So not to get emotional or any of that shit, but maybe just an update on what you went through and how you're feeling. Yeah. And then we'll talk about your fucking measly win. <laughs> Thanks, Polly. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a two time cancer survivor. Uh, uh, two th- I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only Dom there walking around right now uh, with less body parts than he was born with uh, <laughs> present company accepted. So yeah, I've, I've, I've survived cancer twice. Uh, 2002, you know, I don't, I don't know if God wanted me to have sex. (laughs) Anymore. Anymore. 2002, I had testicular cancer. So he took away my left testicle, right? It was the bigger one. I was really fond of it. And uh, so two completely unrelated cancers, 2002 testicular cancer, 2016, I had uh, like base of tongue cancer. And, you know, you know, thank God for modern technology and, you know, you think about guys like Terry Fox, you know, raising all that money. I, I probably wouldn't be here without Terry Fox. So, and, and I, what a wonderful support I did have from the Dom Day family and community. Thanks, Paul. Okay. Let's talk about your damn championship. Okay. Like, we're glad Are you going to cut here. the part out where it was like watching Landon McDonald eat an Arby sandwich during the playoffs. Might be some cutting of this one, but yeah. No, so what was the topic, <laughs> Justin? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the first segue was good, Justin. You were talking about uh, play-ins and, and one-inning games. And if ever there was such a thing, it was the rainbow, right? It was, it was such a miserable weekend. And, and I, I think almost every game was a one-inning game. And, uh, and yeah, that's my one and only championship. Uh, Coach Cash and I had an understanding. I, I would play absolutely terrible for the first six games. And then I, I decided to hit and catch in the playoffs. So who, were you, who were you playing for? Cash. The high, uh, flyers. high Flyers. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah the and High Flyers defeated the Shufflers in the Rainbow. Yeah. Awesome stuff. And then, Larry, you won in Dom Day 41 with the Wolfpack defeating the the T-Ballers. But you said there was something that uh, kind of sparked that win for you guys. Well, I think the Cyclone Sox won the East Division in 84. Right? Yeah, East Division. The Decker Division. <laughs> the Decker Division. <laughs> I consider that a championship at 84 as well. So, but my actual first one, I guess, was with uh, the Wolfpack with Nick Wolf. And how can you not win when Nick's uh, wife, Teresa, offers to wash your jerseys 
the whole team, everybody on the team's jerseys on Saturday night. So we were fresh on Sunday. I mean, I, I was just astounded. It was so a, a shout out to that, Teresa. Was Wolf. I on that team? I think I was on that team. Yeah. Well, Cody, yeah. were there and yeah. uh, Turnsy was there and um, trying yep. to think else was there. But it was. You I, see I, some good you know, players. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was me and Cote and some good players. That was it. Yeah. Right? We were Another thing, too. Position. Don't, yeah, don't worry. Two. They had Cam Maruk and Brett Pizio, too. So they yeah, were. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. decent. Brett the sleeper. Uh, well, you know, to win with two back catches is pretty cool. Me and Cote, think about it for a second. But uh, no, it was actually a lot of fun. And uh, it was fun to win with uh, Nick. And he didn't draft me the next year. That's why they lost, I think, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, it's up, up for debate, I guess. But yeah, He's always regretted, regretted that, too. <laughs> I mean, that's what he always talks about whenever he comes on to anything. Yeah. I wish I would have drafted Larry Smith again. Yeah. I hear that but a lot. I hear he a lot learned his lesson. He learned his lesson. <laughs> yeah. His loss was our gain. You were a snapper the year later, which was great. Always with know. family. Yeah. I always count on family. And, and did you guys like, and did you guys win it? No, we didn't win. No. Okay. That's no. what I thought. <laughs> okay. It is it is always funny though for that's me because obviously I drafted drafted Larry the year after. And, and growing up, you there's all these, you know, families, the Pattersons, the Philmans, all that sort of stuff. And major, major families within Domday and the sizes had nobody. We just had my dad and you know, me as the two back catchers. And then we get another back catcher joined the tournament. And it was, you know, all of a sudden you you heard the film and family whispering, like, we got to watch out for these guys now. So it was, uh, it was fantastic to welcome Larry and in, into the fold, the hall of fame catching family. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I, I can, I can vouch. That's probably why Nick Wolf lost, <laughs> but anyways, guys, it we'll is, get... it is. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. We'll you get hear that, Nick? <laughs> yeah. Take that Nick Wolf. Don't draft me. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get into some final thoughts, guys. So, Larry, we'll start with you. Why don't you tell us some final thoughts? Well, I'm pretty happy to have both nuts. Um, that's always good, I find. Thanks, Steve. And You're uh, <laughs> uh, You know what? Looking forward to playing again this year. It'll be a blast. Um, I, it's just a lot of fun to get down there. Like, it's, uh, I see the Bar Girls, Westy, Lester, the Copes family. The Copes family is awesome, too, by the way, just so everyone knows. Mary's going to be there, and McSpadgen family is going to be there. Sylvia will be there. It just, it's like um, time stands still. You go back to, uh, uh, to Rexdale for that weekend and you see everybody in it. And uh, I mean, it was away for 34 years. Um, but I tell you, it's, it, it's like nothing changed uh, once I went back there. So it's, uh, it's, I just love it. It's just a lot of fun for me. Stuff. McNabney, final thoughts. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, final thoughts. Uh, episode thirty-two. Um, what can you What can you possibly add that hasn't been already said? But uh, the the best way for me to describe it is uh, I live in Milton, and there's an annual tournament ball tournament here. It's called the Leslie Wells Tournament. It's it's charity. It's it's a good tournament. And I went down uh, to watch one day, and and uh, sat in the bleachers, and uh, bleachers. Who has bleachers? Everybody so, was sober. We did one year. Yeah. I'm, here I am watching this ball tournament. And with, the, with I swear to God, I didn't make it through two batters. I just, like, what is this? This isn't Dom Day. This isn't Dom Day, right? There's no Chevy. There's no Chevy, you know, rubbing his boiler at third base. There's, 
Corpse not there with his gray track pants. There aren't beer bottles and cans everywhere. There's no, there's no tents. There's no barbecues. There's no banter. And I, I honestly, I didn't make it through two batters. I had to leave. It, it just wasn't Dom Day. And, and unless you've lived it, right, you don't understand. And, and whether I, I played or didn't play for those years, uh, you guys are still a part of my life. All those nicknames are household names. Uh, Honestly, Chevy, Minnow, Babe, Cote, Senior, Donnie, Croucho, Womp, Sleepy, Tink, Dicker, Woodsy, Tuesday, Lester, Huffy, Buff, KC, Howie, Chili, you name it. These are household <laughs> names. And these guys and, and the tournament itself, honest to God, it should be enshrined in the, in the Etobicoke Sports Hall of Fame for what you guys have done. You guys have captured lightning in a bottle. It's, it's the greatest show on earth every July 1st. And, and I've been handpicked participate in this and I, I love all you guys just thanks for letting me uh be part of it appreciate it awesome stuff well done Donnie. final thoughts yeah i'm not sure how to follow that up but uh <laughs> i think i think the amazing thing here is that you've got two guys that what uh, a combined 61 years away from the tournament or something is that right 28 for nabber and 34, Smitty? 34? Yeah. 64. Yeah, but that's TCI math. I'm sure West Humber math is West Humber math. Decades. Decades. Anyhow, yeah. Thank you. Decades. So I think it's just, it's amazing that, you know, and never, as you said, like, you know, God took your friggin' testicle, but God drove you back here. You know, something something drove you guys back here and the firebird to me. Yeah. <laughs> to, to me, that's the amazing thing. And uh, it really doesn't matter how long you were, were away. You know, I think it's just like you've, you've melted back into the tournament and it's like, you weren't, you weren't away for two or three decades. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. And all the guys that you rhymed off just now and the, and the other 30 or 40, you know, are, are just damn glad that you guys are both back and you're a big part of it, you know, and you're just a big part of the, the folklore of Dom day. And as is everybody, you know, everybody has their own little piece of this thing. And collectively, this is, you're right. Uh, never, this is the, the, this is a treasure. It's one of the most amazing things to me. And, and I think a lot, probably all, you know, probably have 80 players this year, all 80 players and their families and friends and whatever, probably view it the same way. I mean, it is what it is. It's a unique thing that, you know, is, is uh, revered by all of us. And just the fact that you guys somehow were driven back to this thing, I think is fantastic. So uh, it's just awesome. I can't wait to see you guys both again and chug a beer with you and give you a hug and a big sloppy kiss. So <laughs> good job tonight. Thanks, yeah. That's awesome stuff. Babe, final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, both these guys, obviously great guys. And I, I love having them. And I mean, when I think of Larry, like he was Mike Smith's little brother, right? And, you know, Mike and I were in the same grade. You think of checking in, there was, you know, as you talked about, you know, Brian Lawrence, there was Lester B. That I think Mark Jensen was on the street too, was Jenner on the street. And so we used to have some events up there and it was great, but Larry was always, you know, Mike's little brother. To, so to see him come back into it and, you know, uh, it, it's great. It's very special. And as Donnie said, you, you don't realize there's been that gap, 
you know, but uh, when you're, when we talked about this before, when you're younger, you know, a four or five, six age, you know, difference is huge, but now it's, you know, we're all the same. I mean, it's just, it blends in. So it's just so special. And, you know, I follow Larry on Instagram and try and keep up with all his uh, stuff, but listen to him talk about, you know, he's retired now playing hockey, playing, you know, golf and, you know, going out drinking with the boys. It is like you were 16, 17 being in Rexdale. So it's so neat to have you back in the tournament. So special. And Nabber, you know, being Dave Coates's, you know, buddy. And, you know, once again, you were sort of like the young guy, the little guy. And, uh, you know, having you in the tournament to start. And then all of a sudden, you know, you disappear and then you come back. But I, I do remember, you know, you're, as you said, you're a two-time cancer survivor. And I remember Cote phoning me after, you know, when you get the cancer the second time. And he said, uh, I believe it was your niece who was doing a yeah. fundraiser for you. And he said, you know, babe, let's, let's get a bunch of the guys, let's do something. And, you know, it's easy, you know, you reach out to that Dom Day community, like much like we did with Buff and his grandson, Jack, you know, to, to raise money and raise awareness and everybody's jumping in. So it is very special to have you there because, you know, uh, not many people survive cancer twice. And you are one of those guys and you're always that guy to jump in and help out to, you know, the, the, you know, the diamond side grill instrumental and the tournament you know you think of all the things that go on with the tournament it's everybody putting in you know an effort to make that happen and and you're one of those guys so thank you and thank you both for being on here it was great like you know some of the stuff i'm sure is going to be cut out because of the censor <laughs> cops but it was hilarious <laughs> for for people that weren't able to hear a lot of stuff just hear us <laughs> laughing in the background it was cut out but it was brilliant <laughs> Awesome stuff. Cote, final thoughts. Well, both of these guys, I, I love both of them. They're amazing individuals, both exceptionally genuine people. Um, Smitty, you know, I come from a family of six siblings or, or six of us. There, there's seven Smiths and you guys are world renowned throughout Rexdale, uh, all with your brothers and sisters and stuff <laughs> like that. And, uh, and obviously your parents as well, because I know how, 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 how many people cared about them and loved them in the community and stuff like that. And it is great to have you back at Dom Day. You, uh, you are as uh, honest a person as they come and uh, super, super great to see you at the hockey and I look forward to seeing you uh, at Dom Day. And, and Stevie, you and I have known each other for a long time. Uh, for a lot of the, 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 the people that listen to this and a lot of the guys on the screen that uh, Steve's dad still comes out to the field. He's uh, over 90 years old, still drives. He is deaf as a freaking doorknob, but an absolute piece of work. A huge Blue Jays <laughs> fan. Uh, probably shouldn't be driving. Still lives in Rexdale. And uh, he's, he's a, he's, John McNabney was our baseball coach and a real genuine guy. And, uh, but uh, Stevie, I, we're thrilled that you're back here. It's always great to catch up. You, you've made first base. Uh, you're home. Thank God we haven't in, allowed you to stray over with those lunatics on the third base <laughs> side and uh, look forward to uh, catching up. Uh, hopefully, well, certainly at Dom Day, if not before, but uh, to both you guys, thanks for coming on tonight. Thanks, Paul. Awesome stuff. And before we wrap up, guys, I, I'll just add my final thoughts. I mean, awesome to see both Larry and McNabney um, on, on the episode. When we talk about guys who have such an unbridled enthusiasm for this, this tournament, I think of these two um, immediately. I, I mean, I'll get a, a random November message via Facebook or Instagram from either one of them asking how Dom Day's going, how how life's going, all that sort of stuff. And it's just a reminder 
of this community and and the fact that you know we talk a lot about the four days of the year where we get together and play ball but it's really about the you know remaining 360 days of the year where this where this community comes together and you know i think about the fact that we talked about 62 years where they you know were not a part of dom day and came back and were like they never missed a beat and i think that for me is what gives me the most hope and excitement as we head back to dom day this year is despite the fact that we've been away for two years, I think these two are two fantastic examples of what it's going to be like to get back together with that group. And it's like we never missed a beat. So I, I think no more fitting guests than McNabney and, and Larry on the week that we announced that Dom Day is hopefully coming back. So that's just my thoughts after having this conversation tonight. Anyways, guys, as always, I want to thank our fans for listening. Be sure to like, rate, rate and subscribe to the Dom Day Tales podcast. See you next week. One of these days, I'm going to sit down and write a long letter to all the good friends I've known. I'm gonna try to thank them all for the good times together. Though so apart, we've grown. One of these days, I'm gonna sit down and write a long letter to all the good friends I've known. One of these days One of these days One of these days And it won't be long Won't be long Won't be long Won't be
city to my Canadian prairie home. My friends are scattered like leaves from an old maple. Some are weak, some are strong. One of these days. Sit down and write a long letter to all the good friends I've known. One of these days, one of these days, one of these days, and it won't be long. One of these days, one of these days, one of these days, and it won't be long, it won't be long, one of these days, one of these days.